We spend far too much time worried about what makes us different than the next person or better than the next person and not enough time thinking about why we should respect the next person. We all have a story, an overarching theme that runs through our lives and makes us who we are. The problem is, we think that since each of our stories is different, there's not a lot of perceived value or shared struggle. But we have far more in common than we can imagine, and what motivates one person can certainly help us as well. The Third Lap Podcast is about understanding, respecting, and appreciating the struggle that it takes to overcome immeasurable odds in order to reach your destiny. Join me as I interview and bond with some of the most inspiring and incredible people, diving into their why to get a full understanding of their being. Without each other, we have nothing. So let's go on this adventure together and take on the future with open minds and open hearts. Welcome to the Third Lap Podcast. What up, what up, everybody? Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of the Third Lap Podcast. I'm really blessed today to be here with the homie, the brother, Marcus Scurry, dope person and educator, to really, as always, chop it up and just learn more about him. Um, but Marcus, man, what's going on? How's everything? What's up, Mal? What's, what's up? What's up? What's up? Um, Chilling, bro. Man, that's all we can do. Like, I'm so happy um, to be a part of your journey, man. I'm like, you know, I feel very honored and privileged to like just be here, man. You know, I just really, I just have so much um, admiration and respect for you and what you're, what you're doing and your platform. So I feel very grateful or whatever, just to, just to know you, call you brother and call you friend. Absolutely, bro. And so, yeah, man, excited too, just to have you here. You know, this has been a real blessing. Um, we've known each so how we know each other. Uh, we know each other through citizen schools. Um, we yeah. met sort of like passing, right? Cause like you came in yeah. at the time that I was bouncing. And so we didn't get a chance to really like work together, but we knew each other, you know what I mean? We connected, we stayed, you know, in contact throughout the years. Um, that was back in 2015. That's crazy. So that's just crazy. Bro. Like, you know what I mean? So it's been a minute. And shout out to citizen schools and all the teaching fellows. You know, I've had a couple people on here that was TFs. Um, I started as a teaching assistant that really got my foot in the door and kind of just ran the bag up from there. So um, definitely shout out to Citizen Schools. But yeah, anything you want to add about how we know each other? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. Six, I can't believe it's almost been six years. Like, you know, time really goes by fast. Um, shout out to Citizen Schools. Shout out to um, Nadia Selby. She was my uh, she was my mentor through that process. Shrada, shout, I want to shout you out. Yeah, you know, it's so funny how I sort of stumbled across citizen schools. I um I was living in, I was living down south in South Carolina, my hometown, and just knew I, that I needed a change. And um I kept praying, 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 just asking God to just reveal Himself and what my next move should be. And sort of stumbled across citizen schools um through like Facebook, and I was like, this got to be a joke. And so it just sounded too good to be true, you know. And I applied just on a whim like landed an interview two days later and then packed everything up. And I was like on a one-way um, <laughs> um, bus ride to New York, you know? And um, unfortunately my journey with, with citizen schools wasn't long, but I, I, I'm really appreciative of the my, my time with them because I met some dope people like yourself um, and so many other people I can't even, so many to name, you know, that I met and we've stayed in contact with each other and just like all of us, had like a different trajectory and each of us went different directions 
and we're pretty dope people. Like we have some amazing success stories, you know, and it, it's all because of citizen schools. So I'm, I'm, I feel very, you know, fortunate to have just landed with them um, the time that I was there. Yeah, for sure, man. Definitely shout out to Nadia. Definitely shout out to Nadia. <laughs> um, it's yeah. been a minute since I connected with y'all, but same, you know, it's amazing because citizen schools was such a wide net. It caught such a variety of people in so many different places in life folks fresh out of college, mature career professionals and transitioning into education, um, something that they hadn't done yet and like so much else. Um, and yeah, man, like I said, you know, I've had numerous people already on here from CS and I'll probably have more because I work with so many great people <laughs> over there, man. It was a real cool experience. I'm hoping to have at least one of the students that I work with on here too. Um, shout out to oh, Matt, yeah. what up Matt? Um, and so, yeah, man, it, it was amazing um, and really helped me get my start in education. So, you know, I'll never have anything bad to say about CS. You know, as a teaching fellow, oh, no. yeah, we made, you know, meager earnings. So, you know, we earned all those 1700 hours we put in, bro. <laughs> Service hours. <laughs> you know I mean? We earned them hours, man. We grinded them jobs out. Um, and so, man. I guess, you know, you mentioned taking a bus from South Carolina and that being your hometown. Yeah, so the next section here is the Rep Your Hood section, man. So Rep Your Hood, where you coming from? Man, I am coming from Greenwood, South Carolina. Greenwood, South Caxton, up 219 Wheatfield Drive. That's what that was. <laughs> um, I grew up in that neighborhood, 219 Wheatfield Drive. The county, you know, shout all you guys out. All You guys are true soldiers. South Carolina, man, we're, we're Southern hospitality, good food, good people, good vibes. <laughs> that's my hood, man. <laughs> Yo, that's what's up. So, yeah, definitely shout out to Greenwood. I've never been. only went to South Carolina once. My wife and I went. What's that? Uh, what's the big beach right there? It's not Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach? Oh, yeah, wait, it's Myrtle Beach? Nah, beach? Myrtle Beach. We went to Myrtle Beach. Oh, Myrtle Beach. Beach. Myrtle yeah, Beach. Yeah, okay. Beach. Yeah. Yeah. For like a week. Oh, man, it was turned up out there. And I'm going to keep it a buck <laughs> with you. I'm gonna keep it 100 with you. I grew up here in the Northeast, right? Like between PA, Jersey, New York. And so all I think about South Carolina is racism, you know what I mean? Like, oh, and so wow. when I got there, we touched down and we was like, we looking, we like, yo, can we even really- I know, I know, you gotta you got like- <laughs> But then you get the vibe of the people and it was cool. Like we really had fun. Shout outs to my cousin Damien and his wife, Kim. Like they moved to South Carolina and relocated. They live there now permanently. And like, they real wavy, they good. And so. Help me understand like, yo, not everything you hear is true. It's, it's important to always experience things, not everything, but most things for yourself, just so you get an understanding of how it's really rocking. Um, Cause I dad thought when we went to South Carolina, like it was going to be Ku Klux Klan on every corner. <laughs> Couldn't even move down here. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's, so, it's so funny that you say that because everybody um, like, I've been here, I've been in New York five and a half years. This summer will make six years, right? And so many people say the same thing, you know, like, oh my God, this, you're from South Carolina? Oh, you know, what is that? Like, Nutbush, South Carolina, you know, it's racist down there, you know? And racism exists everywhere, you know? That, I mean, that's a given, you know? Um, it may be more obvious in the Southern states, but it's, it definitely happens in New York. It happens at, uh, down South, it happens everywhere. But I must say, it's something about the quality of life that you get in the South that you don't get anywhere else, you know? And it's much cheaper too. I mean, what we pay in rent here is like crazy what you would pay down there. And then the, I love the Southern vibes, like, you know, the, you know, the good mornings, good night, be careful, hello. Like they just wave for no reason, 
because they're just nice people like normally. But it's buttholes everywhere. It's buttholes down south. It's buttholes up north. It's just like it's you and, you know, what you make of it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah, nah, that's that's definitely a fact, bro. You know, without a question, like you said, it's it's it's, it's buttholes everywhere. <laughs> so racism <laughs> exists covert, over, no matter where you at. Um, if yeah. you like us, man, you're going to feel it. You're going to understand it. But that's dope, brother. And, you know, I definitely feel you about the quality of life component. And just, I like being in the South, like Houston, Texas. That's my second home. Like, oh, every yeah. time I touch down, love Houston is on. It's live yeah. out there, bro. I love it. Yeah. And so, but that's Houston the thing. Is a vibe. Like, yeah, that's a whole vibe, bro. And, and so, you know, <laughs> when I'm out there, when I get what you're saying, Georgia, same thing. Like, you know, when you get out in the South, like, it's just a different sort of vibe. The, mm-hmm. the way people treat you is with much more respect, not like New York and the hustle and bustle. Um, and so, yeah, man, you mentioned New York too. Um, where else have you lived or been that has really enhanced your experience thus far in life? Okay, so um, I love that question. Everywhere. I have lived a lot of places. Started off in the South, um, of course, South Carolina, and then I went to college in Charlotte, North Carolina. Shout out to Charlotte. Shout out to Johnson C. Smith University, 1867. From, from Charlotte, I went to Philly because my mom and her side of the family, they're originally from Philly. They're from the Northeast, right off uh, Roosevelt Boulevard. <laughs> and then, um, so I lived in Philly, and then I went back South to Atlanta just to be close to dad because my dad was going through some health challenges. So my sister and I wanted to be closer to dad. Stayed there for a while, South Carolina, and then New York. So I've, I've sort of been a transplant up top, down south, but everywhere I lived has really shaped who I am, like learn something valuable from each experience, you know, because um, there's, there's certain things that when I leave New York, I'm going to take with me that you only find in New York, like you only find in Brooklyn, like you're like, yo, that's definitely Brooklyn, that's definitely New York. And, you, you know, like the, you know, there's certain things, every, every state sort of or every city sort of has a culture that you sort of like adapt while you're there, you know, and then you miss it once you leave. It's like, dang, I can't find this, you know, um, down south or I can't find this up north. So I think that wherever we live sort of always shape, it follows us and, we, you know, and it really shapes who we become as, a, as, a, as people. Yeah, man, that's deep, brother, and that's so true. Um, and, and I think about New York because, like, New York create monsters, man. Like, I tell people, if you got it in you, like, I used to talk to my old supervisor, Kevin Bryan, about this all the time. It's like, if you can make it in New York, you're making it with sharks, right? Like, you're making it with, like, mm-hmm. the top of the top, best of the best. Like, everybody gravitates to New York to prove what they're made of. And so if you could go there and prove you're a monster, like, you're a monster for real, bro. <laughs> and so, you know, sometimes I love Philadelphia. It's a lot of monsters out here. But, like, the ecosystem is different. It's not the same sort of competition. Like, Philadelphia yeah. is like Brooklyn, you know what I mean? Like, New York City yeah. is all them yeah. boroughs. So the competition is Manhattan and Brooklyn, Queens and this. And so, you know, it's just 24-7, man. It's nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Um, but mm-hmm. I appreciate what you said about when you leave, it's something that you take with you. Like that was instilled in me in the four or so years I lived there and numerous years visiting that like mm-hmm. you can never take that away from nobody. Right. And so, you know, whenever you go to your next step, I'm sure all of the things that you've collected on your journey will only help enhance that next spot even more, bro. You're listening to the Third Lap Podcast with Mal Davis. Yeah. And, you know, it, that's a great pivot to really get into this conversation um, and really the point of the Third Lap, which is to learn more about Marcus Scurry, man. So. Really, you know, I would say at this point, start us on your journey, brother. So some people start at birth. Some people start in high school, college. Where do you think your story starts? Oh, wow. <laughs> Man, let me think. Because ah, there's so many lessons in, in, in each stage of my life. I would say 
honestly, you know what? We can start at where I'm at now. We'll start at 40. You know, um, I know <laughs> Terry 40 in August. Uh, shout out to the Virgos. Um, and I just got to say, the man don't look a day over 25. <laughs> <laughs> 40. All the comments was like, you, you cap, that's cap, you lying. <laughs> that's cap, you lying. <laughs> Yo, people were in my inbox like, Yo, what is the sauce? Like, what is the secret? <laughs> I got to highlight that because if you're starting at 40, I'm like, all right. Not everybody can start at the same 40 because this man 40, 25 <laughs> going on 40 or 40 going on 25. I don't know. The man look 25. So go ahead. Go. Thank you. Thank you, bro. Um, it's the water. It's the water. It's the water. Uh, but um, yeah, 40. Because I, I think that, you know, it's so funny how we, we live in a world that sort of shines like age, you know? And, and, um, and so as a man... I feel like I came into my own at 40, you know, um, my confidence is on a whole different level. I walk in rooms and I walk in spaces. I'm, you know, just proud to be who I am. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and my journey hasn't, my story hasn't finished. Like I'm still becoming Marcus Scurry. You know, there's so much more to my story, but at 40, there's a certain level of confidence that you exhibit as a man that I didn't have when I was in my, when I was 30 or when I was 20 um, or definitely not 19 or 18 or whatever. And so for me, turning 40 was like a rites of passage to own Marcus Scurry, like own everything about who I am, who I have become up until this point. You know what I mean? The, the, the success, the challenges, the obstacles, everything like own own that 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 experience you know and really just live out loud you know without apology you know what i'm saying and so when i think about my life you know now at 40 um soon to be 41 my journey has so many like start starts and stops and it's cricket places and it's straight, you know and slippery slopes and you know so many lessons i've get i've like just gathered from all of the, those experiences, one thing that I'm committed is like really like living a life of purpose, L living with intention, you know, being very um, intentional about every about everything that I touch, everything that I create, every person that I meet, you know, relationships, like just everything, you know, because each of those experiences really shape our stories, you know, and um, it makes it colorful. It makes it dull. It makes it vibrant. It makes it happen. It makes it come alive. And so it really feels good to be 40. You know, and I look at my, you know, I was thinking um, today at work, like, yo, we're about to be, tomorrow will be April 1st, three months into a new year. And I look at, um, I, you know, this morning before I, I left for work, I looked at my vision board and I pretty much have knocked out everything that I wanted to knock out in three months. Um, well, related to my short-term goals. Uh, for 2021. I've, I've either done it or I'm doing it, you know, and I'm like, yo, we're only three months into 2021. So I'm just, I'm so excited about what the rest of the year is going to, you know, has to, has in store for me, you know, and, um, and that's what 40 means for me. It's just, it's this, this courage that I didn't have before, because, you know, we live in a world that if we don't have this, we're X'd out. If we're this age, we're X'd out, we're too old, you know, we're too young to do this. And we have to be hyper-productive all the time. When in reality, that's not that's not true. You know, we we really should be telling people to really like embrace their story, embrace your your wins, but definitely, definitely, definitely embrace your losses. 
because there's lessons in those losses that can, you know, motivate somebody else. And so this is where I'm at, you know, um, in this journey. And it's amazing, you know, and I'm drinking my water and I'm getting my rest and I'm praying. <laughs> but it's just, it's just, it's an amazing space to be in, you know? Yo, and, and I could just tell by the vibe that you give off and how you move and maneuver that you really are owning your space, man. And that yeah. is the purpose of this podcast realistically is to continue to present people that have gotten to that point in life. Cause I want folks to understand it's possible, right? But it's impossible if you stop. And so the third lab podcast is definitely about the losses and, and learning from losses, but it's also about the triumph because the story get mixed up that you can't catch losses. People don't show you the losses that they catch. No, right? Like no, I want no. folks to see the L's. I want you to hear about the losses because mm-hmm. like you said, that's what builds the character. Like you mm-hmm. evolve through adversity, man. You don't evolve mm-hmm. just because things is easy to do. That's not how evolution takes place, bro. Right? <laughs> no. Like it's, it's the heat and the fire that's on your behind, man. That makes you get better, man. And so, you know, I'm glad that you speaking as a man that's 40, because also 40 is that zone where like it really scared people when they hear it, right? Like I'm yeah. 36, I'll be 36, you know what I mean? Real soon that I hear 40 and I'm like, oh my God, like if I don't have it all together by 40, yo, that's crazy. <laughs> so, you know, but seeing you here, man, and really living your life and living your truth um, is a testament to just keep going, right? Just because mm-hmm. you can't see it don't mean that you can't get there. Keep going, exactly. keep pushing, keep working. Um, and so, Marcus, you know, I appreciate the fact that you started off already with such uplifting advice and information for people. Um, but, I, you know, I really want to take a step back, though, because you mentioned you know who you are um, and you're living in that truth. So, Marcus, who are you? I'm just a dope individual that's chasing his purpose. That's really who I am. I'm, I'm a dope individual who's ch- chasing his purpose and I'm not accepting anything less. You know, um, because like, you know, you hear the common thing, you know, um, wait for a seat at the table, you know, wait for a seat at the table. But no, I think that we should create our own. Let's build our own table. Why do we, Why should I have to wait for you to invite me to sit down? You know, and um, it took life experiences for me to get there. You know, it took me having jobs, losing jobs, you know, going from pillar to post, you know, um, having $10 in my wallet and not knowing where my next $10 were coming from, you know, it took me, um, you know, going through a lot of like different challenges and obstacles, but all of those situations were really prepared me for it, for this, this, this space I'm in right now, you know what I'm saying? And so I tell people, I'm just a dope creative that's just really chasing my purpose and my passion you know because it, and it feels good it feels good to know like what direction you're going it's like having a gps before you start off like if you're going somewhere if you're traveling say you're going to houston you never driven there before you, you may put the address your ending address in your gps system trusting that that gps system is going to get you to your destination safely right so i have an internal gps system you know that that's programmed internally that guides me and directs me and lets me know what doors I need to open, what doors I need to close, who I need to meet, who I need to connect with, what relationships I need to end. You, you know what I'm saying? What situationships I need to close the door on, you know, what I need to chase, you know, um, all of those, all of those things that make life, you know, worth living. And so 
that's really who I am, you know? And like I said, it took growing up in poverty. You know, I remember, you know, shout out to 219 Week for the Drop, but we lived in a, I grew up in a shotgun house, you know, down south, they, they call them shotgun houses, like a real small house, you know, flimsy. Um, me and my brother shared a room, very small room, and um, eating soup, you know, for a week because, you know, my, my, my parents had to make the, the food stretch because it was, there were four kids and two adults. Um, and, I, you know, I remember that peanut butter and jelly sandwiches a lot, you know, because it, it, it's what stretched, you know, and um, I remember that saying that this is not my reality. This is not the reality I want for myself when I become, when I'm able to change the trajectory, you know, this is not the life that I want for Marcus, you know what I'm saying? And there's nothing wrong with that. It, um, you know, growing up in poverty, it teaches you to be, it teaches you humility, you know, it teaches you resilience. It teaches you, you know, compassion because you understand everybody has a story. Um, and it really made us connect as bond as a family because we were all we had. We only had, we, we had each other, you know? Um, but another thing that I learned from that is that it was uncomfortable living in that space. You know what I'm saying? It was uncomfortable. Um, and I don't want to relive those experiences again. So I have to be intentional about what I'm doing so that I don't have to relive those moments and those experiences, you know, in my adulthood. And, um, and so at that age, at five, at six, at seven, at eight, little Marcus is envisioning a life a purpose, a life of value, a life of, of, of success, you know what I'm saying? Of, of, of significance. And I've slowly but surely I'm creating that. I'm creating that space for myself, you know? Um, and so that's why I say when you know who you are and you know whose you are and you know which direction you're going, it's that internal GPS system that's going to keep you going, you know? And there may be other obstacles, there may be challenges or whatever. And sometimes things are beyond our scope of control, you know, but we have to learn how to push through it. You know what I'm saying? Because we know that if we have this internal GPS system guiding us, that we're going to find success. We're going to find value. We're going to find um, understanding and purpose in every lived experience that we go through, you know, the painful stuff and the good stuff. So here we are. <laughs> and you spoke about like that internal GPS and really just believing in that. Right. And like you, you gave that analogy, which is true. You know, we trust Google more than we trust ourselves, man. Exactly. And that's crazy, my dude. Like when you put it straightforward that way, it's hard for no, like it's hard for anybody to argue that point, right? Um, and so, you know, but talk to us because you started the story at 40, but you you had experiences and things that have happened to you and life lessons that you've accrued that mm -hmm. came previous to this age, right? That you, mm -hmm. you're in this spot of 40 feeling exuberant because mm -hmm. you've overcome all of the things that led to this point. So, you mm -hmm. know, you mentioned five, six, seven, envisioning where you are now. How'd you get here though? You know, as a teenager, as a young adult, you know, even in your twenties, leaving out of college and beginning that mm -hmm. journey, you know, how did you continue to keep your internal GPS locked in? And how did you stay true to yourself? And if you didn't stay true to yourself, you know, how did you ultimately get back to staying true to yourself, right? Because we always going to veer off the path. It's about getting oh, yeah. back on the jump oh, so that we can oh, get yeah. to the end, oh, yeah. right? And so yeah, oh, just yeah. talk to us, man, you know, any highlights that, that you had, you know, through your teenage early years um, that really helped you 
isolate your purpose, but then also any difficulties, anything that you that had happened to you um, that really helped you again, lock in and know like, all right, man, like that was tough, but I know where I'm headed and let me stick to it. So, uh, oh gosh, there's so many. So, um, okay, so let me, okay, so in high school, it was a mentor, um, Mark Dean, shout out to Coach Dean. He was my my um, guidance counselor, and my track coach. And so he saw something in me that I didn't even see in myself. This was high school, ninth grade, 14. And he would, he would stay on me. He was always tough on me, like, go to class, study, do your work. You know, he pushed me not only um, academically, but in track, because um, I ran track and cross country in high school. And at that time, I didn't know that he would become a mentor to me. I was just like, and who knew that he was a product of HBCU, South Carolina State University, you know? And so um, and he wrote my first letter of recommendation for college when I graduated. Um, but he always just like pushed me. And uh, because I think in high school, I think I had potential, but you want to be cool. You want to fit in. You like, it's this whole sense of belonging. It's like sometimes you say yourself short when you're trying to fit in and you're trying to mold or mesh into who you think society wants you to be or how your friends want you to be and behave, you know? And so I found me, I found myself really like selling myself short a lot in high school, but through coach Dean, he would allow it. You know, he constantly stayed on me. Like I said, made sure I was going to class, made sure I was studying. I was going to study hall, making sure that I was producing in, in, in class so I could participate in the meet because it was all about doing well in class so I could run um, in the Friday meet because the meets were like, they returned. Like that, that was the it thing. Like everybody, everybody showed up. So you wanted to get the meet, you know? And, um, and so I didn't know that, like, like I said, that he was really my first access to a mentor. And, um, and like I said, he graduated from South Carolina State sort of showed me the importance of the HBCU education. Um, and so, of course, after I graduated, I, I went to a technical school first, and then I um, ended up applying to um, HBCU, Johnson C. Smith University, got accepted. Um, and life was going well in college. And then, boom, my sophomore year, I have a car accident. And I, I, I actually um, crushed my femur bone in my left leg and had to learn had, had to learn how to walk all over again and this came at a very poignant time in my life because life was happening like college was it was you know it was sophomore year was the year you 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 you, you sort of you pledge or you join a fraternity or a sorority or whatever and so i had so many great things like shaping up like you know, i was like yo this i was living the amazing college life and boom this happens and so i really when i think back to that experience um, I was able to go return to school that, that spring semester. I had to go through um, months of like grueling physical therapy, totally learn how to walk all over again and um, complete rehab. It was painful. It was, it was crushing. You know, uh, my self-esteem was affected because I had cut up my face. I looked like Freddy Krueger, you know, and I'm not trying to be vain, but you know, uh, you know, I had like 13 stitches in my face you know, it was just a very painful experience, you know, and I didn't know if if life was going to, you know, resume for me, you know, because my doctor's like, there's no way you're going to walk again. You crush your, um, the femur bone in your left leg, like, you know, and hearing that in that operation room was like, what? What's happening? Here you have someone that's, you know, so popular on campus, like, you know, doing well academically, doing well socially, and then boom, this happens. And I really think that God was really, and I, I have to, I have to 
say talk about God because that's where I draw my source from, my inspiration. I think he was preparing me for a life pivot, you know, teaching me early how to pivot. And uh, because we have all these amazing plans for ourselves, but sometimes they don't align with the plan that he has for us or the universe has for us. And so it was it was humbling to have to be home and land in the bed and, you know, calling my stepmom to bring me food or water or I had to go to the bathroom. You know, it was it was it was, you know, having to like use the bathroom in a bedpan like that. That was very humbling, you know, but I'm appreciative of that because it, it, it showed me that one morning you can walk up, on, you can wake up on top of the world and the next morning you can wake up with the world on top of you. You know, so how do you handle those moments when when the world is crushing you? You know, and you have no answers and all you have to depend on is your inner strength, you know, and you have to have the, the faith to know that you're going to get through this. And I did get through it. You know, I was able to return to school um, that summer for summer classes, but it pushed me back a semester from graduating. So I wasn't able to walk with my initial initial class and I walked with a limp, you know, I had to adjust to that. Like it was so many different coping things that I learned from that experience. And then um, fast forward to graduating from college, I just knew I was going to have a five-figure income. I was going to work for corporate America because I had did well um, academically in my business classes, land a top-notch job with a Vanguard group, and sitting there week two in orientation, and I'm like, this is not who I am. This is not who I want to be. I don't want to punch numbers for the rest of my life. Like, that's so boring. I'm so uh, I'm an extrovert. I love people. I, I, I get energy from people. And these people are like nerds. They're dorks. They just, they want to sit behind a cubicle and a computer screen. And that's not me. <laughs> so it's like week two. And I'm like, this is not me. So, but, but I'm fearful to have that conversation with my parents and society because society is saying Marcus did so well. Marcus is going to do well for himself and he's going to have this five-figure income and he's going to work in corporate America for this amazing mutual fund company. But that's not being true to me because that's not really what I want to do. That's not really who I am. And so I walk away from it. I step out of faith and walk away from it. And then by default, I connect with a nonprofit organization in Charlotte and that starts my nonprofit career. And after that, I just take off. You know, uh, there were days where I had to eat peanut butter and ramen noodles and things like that. But even that, all of all of those experiences, it shaped the man that I've become. You know what I'm saying? And there were moments when I had to go against what society said, what my family thought, you know, because we, you know, in the African-American community, it's all about making grandma happy, making mom, dad happy, you know, you know, we, we we really hold ourselves accountable with our family. And sometimes our family don't really understand who we really are and what we're about. And they don't understand our, our, our journey, you know. And I had to realize that this is my life for the living and I had to live it for me. And I had to walk in, in my truth and not mom, not dad, not sister, not brother, not grandma. And once I learned that lesson and really stood in my truth, everything else fell into place. It was like everything else was like, puzzle pieces. But once I really said, you know what, I got to live my truth for me. It was like a domino effect. Everything just started happening for me, you know? And sure, there was times when I didn't know how the dots were going to connect and what was going to happen next or how I was going to feed myself sometimes because I just, I believe in living a life of just complete faith. I just, you know, believing it, trusting, believing, knowing it's going to manifest. And, um, but 
everything always worked out. I never, you know, it, it just, everything always fell into place, you know, and I'm a living witness um, to that. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope I don't sound taboo, but this is the truth. <laughs> nah, bro. And you know, like, you know, I, I'm not Christian or like, I don't adhere to any specific religion yeah. or like spiritual yeah. or anything, but I believe Me in too. God. And I had a conversation yeah. earlier today with my homie Hattress, who's through Citizen Schools too. Um, He joined before you had come on or he left before you okay. came on. But we okay. were talking about that today, which is just, you know, the difference. But ain't nothing wrong with it, bro. You know, I, I firmly believe that our purpose is provided to us through, you know, divine meaning, right? Like, you know, we catch mm -hmm. the wave if you tap in. You can call it God, mm -hmm. call it the universe. I don't care what you call it, but I'm a living witness too. Like, you know what I mean? I tell, I tell people all the time, like, if I was lucky, I, I'd have won a lottery by now. Like, I'd have, you know what I mean? But it's not luck. It's it's fortuitous. We had purpose that we had to serve. So all the mm. things that we went through, no matter how tough they might have been, was to put us in a position to win later on in the, in the future, bro. Like you said, you know, you grew up in a shotgun home. And so as a grown-ass man, for you to survive, you had to do the same shit you was probably doing as a little kid. You was doing exactly. the same job. You was used to mm -hmm. it. You, it was mm -hmm. nothing new to you. You was doing that. And now you was mm -hmm. able to reap the benefits of that sacrifice, right? But people that have never been in that position will fold down there, right? They give up because they can't see the end result. They don't understand eating ramen noodles and, and, and living in a situation that they believe is beneath themselves. Nah, mm -hmm. bro, stay. you got to stay down to come up, man. And everybody that know that come up. They stay true exactly. to the game, bro. And so you exactly. know, respect to you, Marcus, for staying true to the game and never taking no shortcuts and no easy outs because you always yeah. got to pay that back in the end, right? And any person that really know the game again is going to do it the right way. Hey, so I'm really excited to announce the first ever advertiser for the Third Lab Podcast. And of course, it's the homie Teddy Gandhi and his team from Blacks Apparel. Blacks is a clothing company that focuses on black reality, both past and present. They share daily blacks or black facts, quotes, and content regarding black reality through their social media. So stop by the store at blacks.com. That's B-L-A-C-T-S.com to check out the Blacks basic tees and all of their inventory. Blacks also uses its platform to collaborate with local artists, so keep an eye out for their limited edition tees and apparel. Make sure to use the promo code THIRDLAP for 10% off your first purchase. I mean, really, what you waiting for? Get the Blacks.com, THIRDLAP for 10% off your first purchase. Support the homie Teddy, support the podcast. Let's go. Um, but you talked about really isolating your purpose. And, you know, I want to hear more about that process because I really feel, especially for creative people, that's a difficult thing to do or accomplish because, you know, we're drawn, especially as like creatives to potentially do so many different things. You could be good at painting and good at spoken word and you could be a really good rapper and then you could be dope with visuals. And so how do you even figure out which one you're supposed to pursue and when? So, you know, you know, that's just an example. But Marcus, I would love to hear what has your process been to isolate that purpose and then to ultimately make sure that you stay true to it, right? Like that internal GPS, how do you make sure that it never gets off center? Okay, I love that. So, um, wow, that's an amazing question. I think that you have to silence the noise. You have to get into a, a, a place where you really silence the noise uh, because we live in this instant gratification world where we have all these interferences from like our, our phones and social media and they're telling us that we should we like this so we should be doing this or we're this color so we should be doing this or we're a male so we should act this way or behave this way or whatever you know 
And so you have to get to a place where you really silence the noise and you really um, do some deep diving internally to figure out um, what it is that you that you want and what is it going to take for you to get there, right? And 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 so for me, because I don't really like being placed in a box, you know, this is Marcus and this is all that Marcus does, or this is all that he 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 believes in. Sometimes it's like just experimenting with things, you know, okay, I like to paint. So you know what? I'll paint today. And then I like music. So maybe tomorrow I'll sample with some music. You know, not really placing yourself in a box, but putting yourself in an environment that really stimulates your, your curiosity and your creativity. And you also have to connect with people that are doing what you're interested in. You know, so I'm, I'm big on mentoring. You know, I said Coach Dean was my first initial mentor. I have I served now as a mentor to people. I've been mentoring since I was in high school, really, uh, in college. Someone that's interested in podcasting should connect with, you know, you or, you know, or people that are that have podcasts or someone that's in that's really into creative writing should connect with other uh, creative writers. You know what I'm saying? You really have to put yourself around people that are doing the thing that you want to do so that you can, you know, learn valuable lessons from them and get some sort of experience, you know? And it may mean that in doing so, you realize that, you know what? Mm, I like to write, but creative writing really isn't my thing. Maybe I want to go a different route, but you won't know unless you put yourself in those situations and those environments. And I also like always tell people like, don't pay attention to social media because social media it's just a facade. It's just a distraction. It really amplifies instant gratification. And we know that that's not really the way to go because on social media, all we're seeing are the fancy, the fluff. We don't see the struggles and the challenges. You know, no one, no one really, like you, like you said, you know, we, we, we talk about all these wins, but we don't talk about the losses, you know, or the moments we had to pivot. We don't talk about those things. We don't see that reflected on social media, not often. You know, so I think that um, I'm really big on like reading. I'm really big on like vision boarding every year, every year since the year 2000, I've been doing a vision board. You know, I watch The Secret every year and I've watched it so many times. But The Secret, because it talks about the law of attraction and how what you think manifests in your life. And it's true, you know, really like what we think we become what we think If we think positive, positive things follow. If we think negative, make unfortunately negative things follow um, or they manifest and so that's really my process you know um, I want to I want to be around the people that are doing I don't want to be around people that are, are negative Nancy's that are discouraging me from being the best version of myself I want to be around the Malcolms the people that are doers that are movers and shakers that are like trendsetters that are breaking through you know glass ceilings that are challenging the status quo you know you have to put yourselves around those types of people because it, like they always say, birds of a feather flock together. It's true. You become like who you're around. You become a product of your environment, you know? And if you're around success, then you're going to breed success. And if you're around failure, unfortunately, failure is going to follow you. So that's really my process. You know, <laughs> that's, that's what I do. It's a dope process. For sure, man. Yeah, my grandmother used to always say that birds of a feather flock together. And it's the truth. Oh, yeah. You are the company that you keep. Um, and yeah. that's one of the toughest lessons I would say to learn, especially as an adult, um, is mm. that, you know, there isn't value in having a hundred friends, right? Like if oh, you no. got a hundred people around you that don't support you, you, you got nobody, bro. And <laughs> like for real, for real, now you're just doing it for the clout. And so, you know, I think exactly. that's also attributed to the social media environment that like, 
you got to have 100 people with you to get the job done. You don't. You need, yo, if you got one or two dedicated people that one. really rock with you, really you need mm -hmm. one, but if you, one, some of us yeah. are lucky, lucky enough to have two. Um, two. But all you yeah. really need is a road dog, right? Like, I'm lucky. Man. I got That's my it. best friend, but I also got my wife. Like, I got road dogs all around me. And so, you know, but you got to isolate that purpose because that'll also help you identify who's really rocking with you versus who's just there for the for the heck of it. Because it's a lot of people just hanging out just to hang, man. Um, just to so, hang out for free. They're yeah, the hype people. Yep, you know, sure. when you're, yep. you know, it's crazy. Like when you're up, they're up. But when you're yeah. down, how many people are really going to, you know, take that public transit with you? Nope. Everybody want to jump in the Uber <laughs> and the Lyft. <laughs> But how many people really try to take and take with you? Like, you right. know what I'm saying? Right. Those are the ones you hold on to. <laughs> right. That's a fact, man. Um, and so, you know, we you you really walked us through your your evolutionary process to this point. But you mentioned that you're now knocking out these different endeavors on your vision board. Talk to us, brother. You know, where do you see yourself going next? What does the future hold for Marcus Curry? So um, as I say that, yeah, I've been I've been very I'm very blessed to have knocked out like six things, six of my short term goals on my vision board for 2021. Happy about that. So there's a, there's a few things I am um, haven't really announced it publicly, but I'm writing a children's book. I'm really excited about that. It's a tribute to my grandmother. It's called Hattie's Wish. And I am in the process of, of forming a, a LLC and becoming a certified life coach. So three things that really come to mind. A few other things, you know, um, my mentoring program um, is, is, is a, about to launch in a few weeks. And it's going to, we're going to start off um, doing a test pilot in Brooklyn Scholars, this charter school um, in East New York. Um, and then I'm starting like a community service initiative for young people. It's called Be the Change, teaching them the importance of like service and giving back to like their communities. It's just, it's only up from here. It's, it's, it's just only up from here, bro. Like, I'm so excited, you know. I feel very, you know, very blessed just to just to be here, man, and just, you know, have the vision to to give back and, like, you know, find value in, in what I'm doing. Hattie's Wish, I love the title of that book, man. <laughs> um, and, and I clearly asked you the wrong question. So I asked you, what's that? I should have asked you, what aren't you doing, bro? Because you, <laughs> you got your hand to every pot. So you work at all the pots simultaneously. I'm but trying, I love it, bro. Man. I'm trying to be like you. I'm trying to be hey, like listen, you, man. Like <laughs> Listen, you got to work the pot simultaneously. Like, they got to be concurrent. Like, they got to run together. You know what I mean? Like, I think yeah. a lot of people get stuck in this i think about it you know the dude that's spinning the plates on the stick right like mm -hmm. dude don't start with three plates spinning he started with one mm -hmm. he get one mm -hmm. good then he add another one he got two going add now it's three of them mm -hmm. rocking, mm -hmm. four of them mm -hmm. rocking, right like mm -hmm. he just jump mm -hmm. on before he would have fell off rip you got to balance exactly. the drum, but make sure you mm -hmm. got your first one running well, add a second one to it. Get your mm -hmm. second one running well, add a third one to it, right? Mm -hmm. Like they got to run simultaneously, man. People mm -hmm. think, right, I'm going to knock one out then two. Hell, you, you out your mind. You got to knock one, two, three, four out at the same damn time, bro, and stop playing. Exactly. Games, man. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I love that you work at all the pots simultaneously because then that means that you got to improve chance of things coming to fruition, right? If we just mm -hmm. work in one pot, all we got, Come on, man. If that shit don't pan out, then you done. Exactly. Got now, nothing. I, I, I boom, one ain't work. I'm on two going crazy now. Exactly. Three pots exactly. Left Something's going right? to hit. Something's right. going to hit. You know what I'm saying? Gonna hit, bro. Something yeah. is going yeah. to hit. Um, and yeah. so, you know, I love the approach. And I just love, again, your, your whole philosophical outlook on how to approach it, which is I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to connect with people that do it. I'm going to get some experience with it. If it's not for mm -hmm. me, I understand that. But 
If it is, I'm going to go even harder. But the only mm-hmm. way to really know sometimes is to really get out there and experience it, right? Like some things you can skip, but other things, it, this is it's about experiential learning, right? Like we, it do, is. But we spirits going through this humanistic understanding and this humanistic environment, right? Like my pops always put me on that. He says to me all the time, like, you, you're a spiritual entity going through a humanistic experience. He's been telling me that since like I was that. a little, little kid. And so I always- I like that. I always been tapped into the fact of something greater, right? It's something mm-hmm. that I need to tap into so that I can really understand me. It's not just me, right? Like this is mm-hmm. the vessel, but the purpose is within me. And so, you know, mm-hmm. it's clear that you've tapped into and continue to really harvest your potential and your purpose so that you can really get to the root of it and, and really understand what your purpose is. And, and so you can get to it, man. And I love it, brother. And so, you know, we talked about what you've done. We talked about where you are right now and then where you want to go in the future. But Marcus, yo, put us on game. I mean, what's the motivation? It's tiring, right? Being a creative is tiring, bro. You know, it's, it's hard to work for pots at the same time. Your arms get tired. So, you know, yeah. it, it ain't easy, right? And you 40, yeah. so it ain't like you 20 working for pots. You're 40, right? I'm going to keep it real. We, we The energy drain a little bit. <laughs> I don't feel like it used to. But... The, the mental, the understanding of the game is so astronomically yeah. high that you don't have to work as hard because you can work smart. Yeah. But talk yeah. to us, man, you know, ultimately, what's your motivation? What's your why? Why do you keep pushing the way that you do? Oh, wow. It's so funny you say that. It's tiring. It's tiresome and it's lonely. It's lonely, you know? Yeah, when you really tap into the into your purpose, you're going to find that a lot of people that start the journey with you, they're going to eventually, like, fade to the, they're going to fade to black. You know, they're gonna fall by the wayside. So it's very lonely at the top. They say that. So that's why you can't you can't wait for the cheers. You can't wait for the pats on the back because sometimes they may not come. And unfortunately, sometimes even your own family won't really support you because they don't get the vision. And it's okay. They don't see the vision that you created for yourself or that you have for yourself. And that's okay. You can't draw from people. Because people shift, they change, you know, situations breed different people. Um, So I think I always go back to my internal GPS. Is it tiresome? Yes. Is it hard? Yes, I am 40. So, you know, my energy at 40 is different than my energy at 20. It's a big difference. At 35 and 40, it's a big difference. But you have to know that you're building a legacy. You're creating something that's going to outlive you. And for me, that's what keeps me going. You know what I'm saying? And unfortunately, sometimes you're going to lose key people along the way. Like I lost my grandmother, you know, who's, who I'm naming the children's book behind. Like she was my GPS system in human form. And so me losing, losing her at, man, what, 30, it was 30, I was 36 when grandma died. That was a big blow to me. And I was like, yo, I, I can't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like she was my everything wrapped in one. But then I think about what she would say, like, bro, you know, of course, she, she would probably say, bro, but like, what are you doing? Like, I'm not I'm still with you. Like, you got to push forward, you know, um, take all the lessons that I try to teach you and allow that to be your momentum. You know what I'm saying? And so that's really what motivates me. I, I always say I'm doing it for grandma. This is for you. Grandma, I'm doing it for you. When I when I feel tired, when I after a long, busy day at work and I'm, I'm thinking about my brand and, you know, the spring collection or I'm thinking about my show or thinking about the book or everything that I have taken place. I'm like, grandma, I can't get tired because I'm doing it for you. And she never punked out. You know, she never punked out. 85 years, she was fighting to breathe. She didn't punk out. Even at the end, she didn't punk out. So 
I, I, I owe it to her. I can't punk out. You know what I'm saying? And so I think once you realize it's really you versus you and nobody else, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Hey, yo, that's the, that might be the jewel of all jewels right there, man. Once you realize it's you versus you, mm-hmm. bro, that's the new merch. I'm going to hit you with a percentage. That's the next merch. I'm so I got Black Joy as a revolutionary act. You know what I mean? Okay, Shout I like that. I, I like that. You. And then once you realize it's you versus you, it's over. I'm on it. I'm yep. going to give you credit. Marcus Scully. Okay. Dope, dope person to educate. I got you, bro. I'm going to give you respect. I'm going to hit you with a little percentage. We're going to do some money transactions. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm here for it. I can bro, dig it. That's that's it right there, man. Like what you, yep. you hit the nail on the head. Because like, I, I so I've been having concurrent conversations ongoing with quite a few people. But I'm realizing through these conversations, predominantly with Black men, it's actually all been with Black men thus far. But we all hit this mile marker roughly around the age of 32 when we realized we got to start doing something different, right? Like, oh, it just got serious. And so, you know, hearing you talk about 40 and then all of the transitions and all of the, the additions that you've made to yourself and to your character along that pathway, man, you know, it's just been amazing, yo. Um, and shout out to your grandmother. You know, I can relate to losing a grandmother and sort of like losing that comprehension and understanding of what's going to happen next. But you stay true, yo. And, and you, what you said is important, which is that she still sees you, she's still with you, um, and, and she really wants you to succeed. So, you know, excited to see what you have going on next. Can't wait for the book, my brother. I know that's going to be incredible. Thank you for that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. You know, it's like we were... My grandma and I had, we shared a very close relationship. My family loves to say, oh, you were the favorite. And maybe, that, <laughs> maybe, maybe I was, <laughs> maybe I was. But the book, I see it as a way to really pay, pay tribute to her, you know, her, her, her legacy, uh, life well lived, you know? Mm-hmm. And so this is how I'm, I'm sort of honoring her, her legacy and her memory, you know what I mean? And uh, she would just be so elated, you know, cause she always say, you're such a good writer. I wish you would write more. I wish you would, you know, do these things. And so, it's like, it's really a tribute to her. So I'm really, 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 really excited what this, yeah, what this is gonna bring. I'm excited too, man. That's that's a beautiful thing. Um, and what a way to continue to honor her legacy than by being able to produce this, I mean, especially as a children's book, right? So now you're touching on the minds yeah. of the youth, bro. And I love yeah. that, right? Like, back those, to, yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, back to the intentionality component, right? And like being intentional about all of the things that you do you intentional about all actions. And I like what you even said too. I didn't really touch on it, but it, it really did resonate with me, which was all the people you talk to, being intentional about conversation, right? Being intentional mm-hmm. about interactions. That's something that I really had to grapple with and get a hold of myself in 2021. Cause I realized mm-hmm. that like, I wasn't really intentional. I didn't really I didn't seek value in conversations with folks and certainly wasn't given a lot of it in return because I felt like people weren't, people were disingenuous. And so it wasn't really a purpose in doing that with them if I could do it by myself. But realizing mm. over time, A, no one does it by themselves and B, yo, there's a lot of value in just a conversation, right? Like you oh, never yeah. know what you'll learn from another person, just chopping it up. Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. through the process of that realization comes the Third Lab podcast, which we now rocking on now. But, you know, the power of conversation can be understated. Um, you mm-hmm. know, a simple five minute talk could really 
uplift the next person. You have no idea what you could say to the mm-hmm. next person that'll put them mm-hmm. in a mind where they're going to go and get their bag now. Um, and what you mentioned about mentorship, like that's again, that those intentional conversations, those intentional relationships where you are instilling in people what they need to be successful. You're listening to the Third Lap Podcast with Mal Davis. Yeah. And so, you know, Marcus, it's just been great to just learn more about you, um, to learn about where you're from and all the places that you've been. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I really want to touch on something here before we get out of here, though, because we didn't really get a chance to talk about it. But I see that you were uh, involved with like the so safe haven director, but also worked out here at Carson Valley School. So you've had some very diverse experiences, bro. Yeah. Um, very diverse experiences. But I would yeah. love to hear more about like that safe haven work that you did. And ultimately, like, how does that tie into really who you are and what you believe in? Okay. So um, as, as, as I stated earlier, you know, I uh, sort of like was, I started, I would say my career in the nonprofit world really was not planned. It sort of just fell in my lap. And so um, while while living in Greenwood, I was um, looking for a nonprofit position. And so I was volunteering at the food bank there. And so the executive director of the food bank, she just fell in love with me. And so she and I, we, you know, we, we had several conversations and she said, what are you doing for work? I was like, actually, I'm in a transition. I'm looking for something. And I said, I have some experience in the nonprofit world. And she was like, really? So she um, took down my number and she shared it with one of her colleagues who was had just wrote a grant for the Safe Haven program um, for community initiatives. Community initiatives was the agency. It's a small nonprofit, very small, maybe 30 employees. And so I sent an email to Beth Bethel. Shout out to Dr. Bethel. I love her, Dr. Bethel. I love you. Thank you so much. Another mentor. And within a week, she and I had lunch. And she asked me, she said, do you have a resume? And um, because I really, I've met with her about becoming a volunteer in the Safe Haven program. But she was so impressed by the conversation. um, She was like, she offered me a job. She offered me the director position. And so... In 30 minutes, I had a job and I wasn't even dressed for anything. I remember I had on a polo and some, some, you know, like khaki shorts. I was like, oh my God, I got a job. I'm not even dressed. I had on boat shoes or something. And so I got started work. She wanted me to start work like the next day. And I was like, whoa, you know, <laughs> but it was amazing. It was um, the Safe Haven program. Beth Bethel wrote a grant. It was a SAMHSA grant um, to do like environmental strategies work, like really like shape the change the trajectory of the neighborhood. The, neighbor, the, the the program was situated in a high crime neighborhood in Greenwood, South Carolina. And so the safe haven program was really to be a safe haven for the children and the families that participated in the program um, in the programs and um, services that we offered. And so I was the director. I was there three years. And so we had a free after school program. We did like events. We did teen summits where teens sort of spoke out about like teenage pregnancy and like truancy and like crime and you know violence in communities like it was amazing I had amazing program staff um, amazing program participants that came through that program that are now like doing some amazing things I follow them on social media I'm like so proud Uh, they all came through my program it was dope it was a dope experience I was able to like really rub elbows with some amazing powerful people in the nonprofit world in Greenwood once again that particular small nonprofit was shaping who my, my career trajectory. It really was, you know, um, I got 
experience writing grants and learning how to advocate for programs and services for the for vulnerable populations, like all those things that I could put in my professional toolkit and use today. You know what I mean? So building like community stakeholder groups, like all those amazing skills that you need to be a nonprofit leader, you know? And as all through Beth Bethel, you know, really Barbara Turnberg, who introduced me to Beth Bethel and the rest was history. So it was it was a dope experience. It was a dope experience. And that's a testament that's to showing up, man, right? Like you showed yeah. up there and you had that conversation yeah. and you took mm -hmm. advantage of an opportunity, which is amazing, man. And I really thank you for going in, in depth about that. Um, I meant to ask it earlier and figure, all right, but before we get off, let me go ahead and throw that in um, just because I was very curious about that experience. Um, and again, thank you for going in depth about that. And so, Marcus, we're here at the Motivational Thoughts for the People. This is two to three minutes really quickly for you to stamp your message in, in this podcast. And so, you know, what do you want people to walk away with understanding about you and your message and really just your sort of approach to life? Oh, wow. Um, I love this. I love this part. I would just say, um, just know that I'm a living, breathing example of the best is yet to come. You know what I'm saying? The best is yet to come. Um, and um, I just really want to like just inspire people, encourage people to just live their best life, whatever that is. If it's you painting murals or you building things or creating things, you know, um, do it to the best of your ability. Give it all that you have, you know, and um, <clears throat> find purpose and meaning in everything that you go through, you know, because everything that you go through has value and it's sort of shaping you into who you're supposed to, you, you, you are, you will eventually become, I would say. Um, and then just believe in the power of the pivot. The pandemic really taught us about how to, you know, life can change in, the, in, in, in minutes. You know, we went from uh, not wearing masks, not having a social distance, you know, being able to, you know, just um, live life freely. And then last year, in March, we had to pivot, like COVID hit, and it's like the world was shut down. We had to adjust to working from home, completely remote, wearing, uh, you know, uh, being mandated to wear a mask, all of these things. Um, but there was purpose and value even in, the, in those experiences as well, because some people really took that experience and they went back to school, they strengthened their marriage, they strengthened their relationship, they started businesses. So some people really, really saw that as an opportunity to really become their best selves. <clears throat> so my, I, I guess my advice would be, believe in the power of the pivot. You know, where you are right now is not the end of your story. It's not the end of your journey. You know, find purpose, find value, show up, um, do what it takes, you know, drive out the mud if you have to, but just, just, just do it, you know, just become the best version of yourself that you can, you know. That's really it. <laughs> listen, and you know, if folks listen to that, you in a good yeah. spot, man. You you in the right path, <laughs> you're in a good place. Cause it's the truth, yeah. you know, you like yeah. your proof that the best is yet to come. And I love that because I believe that too. You know, I, I thought I never knew what it would look like to be 36. And so I can't even say I thought anything. I didn't think I was gonna see no day at 36. And so, you know, but to be here and be so optimistic about what the future holds um, is a great thing. And it's a great feeling. Like I, I get immense amount of joy just thinking about the message yet to come. And so, you know, I can really relate to what you said there. 
you know, I'm, I'm glad I wasn't one of those folks that peaked in high school and not, you know, no disrespect to folks that their best year and their glory years was back then. Um, you mm-hmm. know, listen, man, you saw the top, you saw the mountaintop. Some people never get there. So, you know, mm-hmm. the point is to peak. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When yeah. it happens, it happens. <laughs> um, but, you know, see the mountaintop in, in your time um, and enjoy, enjoy it while you got it, man. But yeah, Marcus, you know, this has just been an amazing opportunity. Uh, you know, this podcast has been such a blessing for me because I get a chance to know people that I know even better. And it's crazy yeah. because, you know, every episode I come into, especially with the folks that like, I'm like, I've known you six years, right? But like, I know. You know, we, I know. we had a conversation about stuff today, like the car accident, um, your grandmother and this book that you're writing, that's going to, I'm sure, be very, very popular. You know, things that we're talking about now that we've never really discussed. And so I appreciate your transparency and your vulnerability, um, but also you really speaking truth to power, man, because you came on here and really held it down, brother. Um, as I know oh, you thank were, you. and I feel like as only you could, right? You know, you came on here and brought a very unique energy to this podcast, and I appreciate you, dog. Um, and so, you know, as we're here at the end, want to really get into what are you reading or, or what are you watching, interacting with that brings you joy? Oh, wow. Okay. So I'm not much of a TV person. I try to, I'm very intentional about not really watching a lot of TV. Um, I do. I have my shows, I'll tell you. Um, but um, what I'm reading um, right now is, I'll show you. It's this book. It's called um, 40 Days of Decrease by Alicia Britt um, Shule. And it has changed my life. Um, it's really about um, most spiritual people, we, we're aware of fasting in the in the spiritual sense um you know we abstain from food you know a couple hours um or whatever this is about fasting from distractions fasting from like negative thinking fasting from negative talk you know all those things that really shape how we think and act and behave and treat people and so it has really changed my life because it's allowed me to like deep dive into some of my actions and things like that and how I can become a better person. Also reading um, this book, it's called Move Your Bus. I love it. It's for um, by Ron Clark. It's really for um, transformational like leaders, how to really like transform teams that may be lacking or um, needing you know additional support or additional like guidance or like a, a momentum boost. So uh, what am I watching? Uh, I'm waiting for my, sh- my show to come back on the shot. That's my show. I love it. I love it. Chronicles like inner city um, teens growing up in uh, Southside Chicago. So uh, shout out to the writing and uh, the writing team for just some amazing complex characters. I love that show. Um, ready for that to come back on. I'm, I love All American. <laughs> That's another great show. I, I, you know, I can really relate to the main character. That's really, that's really it. <laughs> That's really it. Yeah. Yeah, man. I appreciate you. I never really got into the shy, but I know it's a super yeah. popular show. A lot of people enjoy yeah. it. Um, yeah. I like that. It was that 40 days of decrease? Um, the yeah. whole concept around. Yeah, I mean, we we don't really think about fasting from other things in life, especially mm-hmm. social media, man. You know, oh, no. gotta take a break. Oh, no. You know, I try to yeah. take a break as frequently as I can and still be responsible, <laughs> like the business, because this podcast is a business. So unfortunately, I, I gotta interact with it just to keep the job going but you know i really try to make sure that personally like i'm taking a break um and not just constantly on my screen watching stuff so definitely can relate to that one man i appreciate you um and yeah so you know we are here at the end my dude you know where can people find you on social media um if people wanted to interact with anything that you have going on what websites would you like to share with folks 
It has definitely been a pleasure. Thank you. Shout out to my brother, Mal. Show Mal some love, guys. Like, I met him six years ago. Was amazed by his presence then. Still constantly amazed by his presence and just, like, his purposeful thinking and living. Um, so shout you out, brother. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Um, I really appreciate you. I admire you, and I love you um, dearly. I'm on social media. I'm on Facebook. <laughs> um, you can just follow me, Marcus Scurry. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Pretty Boy Mark, uh, P-R-E-T-T-Y-B-O-I Mark, M-A-R-C. I'm on Twitter. I think it's Handsome Red Gents. I don't remember. I don't tweet that much, so I can't remember what my Twitter handle is. But just do a search for Marcus Scurry. I'll pull, I'll come up. I also have a page for my lifestyle brand, Young Fillers and Black. Um, it's just Young Fillers and Black. You can um, do a search for um, on Facebook. Working on a website that's going to house all of my things, um, especially since I'm really pushing the children's book. So that is in development. That will go live very soon. Um, yeah, follow me. I, I love interacting with people. I'm extrovert, so I love motivating people and just like conversation, um, having conversations with people. So follow me on social media, inbox me, whatever. <laughs> Yo, definitely follow Marcus, man. He's always sharing some influential stuff. Pretty boy, Mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You be sharing some pretty boy pictures too, man. You look at 40. Yeah, I got some hate for you, man, because when I'm 40, I ain't going to look 25. I don't look 25 now, so I got some hate for you. Got some <laughs> but nah, man, definitely follow Marcus. Um, you know, definitely a worthwhile follow. Interact with him. If he's doing anything that you're you're looking to do yourself, if he's, you know, engaging in opportunities that you see you can help him with, hit that man up, you know, definitely, you know, the whole purpose of this is to create synergy is to create opportunities for like-minded people to connect. And so you can definitely do that through me, reach out to me. I could connect you with folks. I suggest you don't even use me as the conduit and do it yourself because it's much better <laughs> to make that direct connection. But either way, man, reach out to Marcus. I'll make sure to post all your social media um, up when your episode is released. So people know where they can Thank find you. me. Yeah, of course, man. And so Marcus, dude, you know, we, it's a marathon. We did it. We started late. <laughs> Appreciate you being flexible. We started late. You know, it took forever to find that Zoom link. I was sending it to the wrong email. I was messing it all up today. But you know what? My brother stuck with me. So I appreciate you, dog. Um, yeah. But yeah, man, we made it to the end. Any last uh, final thoughts you want to share with the folks before we sign out? Yeah, I just want to thank. I just want to. I just want to thank um, you just for being you, brother. Like I really admire your platform. Thank you for having me on the show because you know um, you can't take you know, opportunities like this for granted. You know, I really appreciate you. I really admire the work that you're doing. I think you're an amazing, dope, creative. Um, I hope that you know that you, um, you know, you transform lives, you touch people. And I'm just appreciative of the brotherhood and the friendship, you know, so thank you so much. Just be inspired, everybody. Just be inspired. We're going through some tough times, um, but we will get through this because um, everyone's best is yet to come. You know, so, so I'm going to constantly continue just to pray for all of us and keep everybody just motivated and inspired. That's it. Yo, I appreciate you, man. Yeah. And thank you. You know, this this opportunity was just something that was going to transpire. You know, when I created the podcast, you were definitely definitely at the top of the list in regards to people I wanted to connect with. Um, I look forward to being on your podcast here soon. Too. Yay, um, nice you know, exactly. It's going to be, that's going to be popping. You know, we're going to really enjoy that. Have a good time um, and turn yeah. up for the people. 
Uh, but yeah, yeah, man, Marcus, you know, as always, like you said, I appreciate the brotherhood too that we've been rocking. We didn't even know how long, but it's been six years and that's crazy. Um, but you know, we we stayed down to come up, man. And so that's the important mm-hmm. thing is that we're doing this the right way. Um, and everyone that's listening to this, you know, I appreciate you. Marcus appreciates you as always. Um, and thank you for listening because, you know, you don't have to. There are so many things you could be doing. So if you took time out to really listen to this, I ask that you subscribe to the podcast, um, leave a review um, and, and check in with the homie, man. Let me know what you think. So as always, each one, teach one. We all learn together. Thank you and have a good one. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Third Lap Podcast. This is your host, Mal Davis. Please visit thethirdlappodcast.com for more information about the podcast, about our guests, and also to see our reading list. You can find us at The Third Lap Podcast on LinkedIn and Facebook, at Third Lap on Twitter, and at Third underscore Lap underscore Podcast on Instagram. If you know anyone that would be great to be featured on this show, please reach out to our host, Mal Davis. He's always looking for interesting people to learn more about them and to talk about their pathway. Thank you so much again. Have a good one.